Hello, everyone. Welcome to part two of a two-part podcast series by PwC Middle East on BEPS 2.0 Pillar 1. This podcast provides high-level details on the technical and design features of Pillar 1. Part one of the series provides some insights on Pillar 1's implications for the Middle East businesses. Today, we have with us Safa Gunun, a transurprising partner with PwC, who also leads the transurprising practice for PwC across the Middle East. Thank you, Safa, for joining us. Thank you, Parvati. I'm very pleased to be here. So let's dive right into the details. Let's begin by understanding the objective of Pillar 1. Pillar 1 has two parts, in fact, amount A and amount B. Amount A intends to create a new taxing right. Uh, in fact, under Amount A, a share of residual profit is allocated to market jurisdictions where users and or consumers are located using a formula approach regardless of where business physical activities are located. On the other hand, Amount B intends to standardize fixed returns under the arms length principle for baseline marketing and distribution activities undertaken by enterprises. So who does Pillar 1 apply to? Amount A applies to multinational enterprises with, on the one hand, a global turnover above 20 billion euros, which may be reduced to 10 billion euros from 2030 onwards. And on the other hand, uh, multinational enterprises with a profitability above 10%. Extractive and regulated financial services are excluded from the scope of Amount A for now. Uh, given the high revenue threshold to be met and the exclusions under Amount A, only a handful of Middle East headquartered businesses are expected to be impacted by Amount A. On the other hand, Amount B applies to all businesses regardless of industry and size. In fact, Amount B applies to enterprises of multinational groups that perform routine marketing and distribution activities in a given market. The activities in scope are first defined by a positive list of typical functions performed, assets owned, and risks assumed at arm's length by routine distributors, based on a narrow scope akin to limited risk distributors. A negative list of typical functions that should not be performed, assets not owned, and risks not assumed at arm's length by routine distributors are also used to qualitatively measure the additional factors that would deem a distributor as being outside the scope of amount B. This being said, a certain quantitative indicators are then used to further support the explication of in-scope activities. Getting into the details of Amount A, how is Amount A being calculated per the statement of the inclusive framework members? Amount A will be calculated as 20 to 30% of the profit that exceeds a deemed normal return of 10%. A certain percentage, currently 20% of this residual profit will be reallocated to market jurisdictions. So when is a market jurisdiction entitled to tax a portion of the MN multinational enterprises profits? Nexus rules determine the entitlement of a market jurisdiction to an allocation of amount A. In fact, the new Nexus rule is purely based on a revenue threshold. Multinational enterprises will pay tax in a particular jurisdiction when the amount of revenue received from users and or consumers in that jurisdiction 
exceeds a million euro unless their GDP is below 40 billion euros, in which case the nexus for the taxation of amount A will be established at 250,000 euros. Moving on to the details on amount B, how is amount B computed as per the blueprint of the OECD? Amount B is intended to approximate results determined in accordance with the arm's length principle and therefore will be based on comparable company benchmarking analysis under the transactional net margin method, which we know under TNMM, with the quantum potentially varying by industry as well as region, provided any such variation is supported by the relevant benchmarking analysis. As a result, amounts B could have a number of ranges of potentially appropriate fixed returns. Each fixed return provided to remunerate baseline marketing and distribution activities and their amounts B is intended to deliver a result that approximates results determined in accordance with the arm's length principle. So lastly, let's talk about how Pillar 1 will be implemented and the implementation timeline for the same. Pillar 1 will be implemented through a multilateral instrument. Uh, this multilateral instrument is expected to be developed and open for signature in 2022. It is also expected that Pillar 1 will come into effect in 2023. Thank you so much, Safa, for sharing your insights. This was very, very helpful. Thank you, Parvati. So with all the updates and complexity around BEPS 2.0, PwC's BEPS team is available to discuss any of the listeners' questions. Please also tune in to part one of the podcast, which provides some insights on Pillar 1's implications for the Middle East businesses. Thank you so much for listening.